You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome to the party, pal! Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... This is a mistake. I didn't do anything. No, but you will. It's very important that you live. This isn't true. How could that man just get up after you did... It's not a man. Machine. Terminator. Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. A machine? Like a robot? Not a robot. Cyborg. Cybernetic organism. No, he was bleeding. Just a second. I'm sorry, that was actually audio from the King's locker room last night, hey, talking oh. about Caprice off there. Yeah, I, I thought that was from that. Terminator. Like sorry. Uh, action Movie Rewind, gentlemen. 1984's The Terminator. The Terminator. In fact, I don't know. Let me, let me pull up Arnold Schwarzenegger's filmography here. We've done a bunch of Arnold movies. Yeah. True Lies. Um, so he was on a run here in the 80s, and this was, this was one of the big ones that sparked it. But he did Conan the Barbarian in 1982 and Conan the Destroyer in 1984. Before that, he had a bunch of just sort of random movies in the 70s. Uh, one of them, the one from 1970 was Hercules in New York. And it's just like, he's, he's, it's Mr. Universe plays Hercules in New York. So if you, if you ever get a chance, just watch the trailer for Hercules in New York. If you guys get a couple cocktails in this weekend, oh boy. it is hilarious. It's 14 years before the Terminator. Uh, and it, and it launched one of the great action movie acting careers of all time. So Hercules in New York. When, when is the first time that that he was actually deemed worthy of significant dialogue in a film? Do we know? Commando? Because Conan would not, the Barbarian would not no. have had that, correct? So, so Conan, he had two Conan movies, The Terminator, Red Sanja in 85. I've never seen that movie. And then Commando in 1985. Predator yeah, in 87. Got- so he he definitely got more dialogue after Terminator. Okay. And then by the time, so Kindergarten Cop was only like five years later, and then he's just like a, a walking yeah. action comedy. Shut up! Guy. Shut up! Get, Get your toy, carpet. bring it to the cop. Bring it to the, the toys. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've done. I think we've done a handful of Arnold movies now. We've done Kindergarten Cop. We have done True Lies. We did what was the one where his daughter gets kidnapped right at the beginning? Judd what was that Commando? Commando. Yep. Okay. Commando. Yep. So he had he had quite a bit of dialogue in Commando. Lester Milano, yes. So I believe this is our fourth Arnold movie here. And here's the official summary. Disguised as a human, a cyborg assassin known as a Terminator, played by Arnold, travels from the year 2029 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton. Sent to protect Sarah is Kyle Reese, who divulges the coming of Skynet, an artificial intelligence system that will spark a nuclear holocaust just a few years later. Sarah is targeted because Skynet knows that her unborn son will lead the fight against them. With the virtually unstoppable Terminator in hot pursuit, she and Kyle attempt to escape. All right, listen. The Terminator's an infiltration unit. Part man, part machine. Underneath, it's a hyper-alloy combat chassis. Microprocessor controlled. Fully armored. Very tough. But outside, it's living human tissue. Flesh, skin, hair, blood grown for the cyborgs. Look, Reese, I don't know what you want Pay attention! The 600 series had rubber skin. We spotted them easy. But these are new. They look human. Sweat, bad breath, everything. Very hard to spot. I had to wait till he moved on you before I could zero him. Look, I am not stupid, you know. They cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about 40 years. This movie, gentlemen, was a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's insane. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
That's ridiculous. I mean, it's not ridiculous, but it's it's rare. You don't see that. The critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says, with its impressive action sequences, taut economic direction, and relentlessly fast pace, it's clear why the Terminator continues to be an influence on sci-fi and action flicks. A minuscule $6.4 million budget for this movie turned into $78 million at the box office and a franchise that has gone uh, decades into the future. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, a Bill Paxton appearance in this movie, if you guys saw. No. You guys see Bill Paxton in this movie? No. So the opening scene, in fact, I think we have that, right? Yeah, the clip. Yeah. Nice night for a walk, eh? Nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? Nothing clean, right. Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. Right there. You're close. Oh, oh that's the Paxton? Now. Oh, my God. You ass. Oh, man. He got him. Yeah, Bill Paxton was one of the three punk kids at the beginning that's of the funny. movie that, that, the, that the Terminator took care of. This movie was directed by James Cameron, who also directed True Lies, Titanic, Aliens, Avatar. He's a big-time director. Um, what was your key takeaway from The Terminator, Judd Zilgad? So, as both of you you guys know, I'm not a big sci-fi guy. Like, it's fine, but I, I think it was Mad Max 2 that I didn't like, that I found to be too much and boring, in part because the dialogue just bored me. Um I'm not a big sci-fi guy and I love this film. And and I thought I've seen it like four times and I hadn't seen it in a long time until I watched it again on Wednesday. And in watching it and taking notes and, and for the first time watching it incredibly closely, I like it and appreciate it more. Uh, The the scary thing is as, as weird and outlandish as the storyline is, with where our the world is now and where th- things are, it's becoming like more and more like, yeah, you know, I can sort of see that now. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. I, I think that, that the dialogue for uh, Ar- Arnold's very brief, but what they did give him is great. The acting to me is good. I like how it sort of walks a line between being sci-fi but not totally sci-fi the entire time and there's a story line there that is you know plausible as it is based in 84 in california um i just think that this film as far as what they were trying to do aside from one thing i think that this film just perfectly on that on that as phil said cheap budget executed it uh, the only problem, and it's not th- their fault because it's now years and years ago that this was made, is the special effects are laughable now. Oh, yeah. man. But it's, like, not their, yeah. but it's not their fault. The, fu- um, the funniest special effects moment was when he carved out, like, his eye was all messed up, yeah, and he, like, yeah. carves out his eye. And then, so they're showing him close up, and they're showing his actual face, like, from the side in the mirror. And then, like, the next shot is, like, of a clearly made-up, like, fake Arnold face. Yeah. They probably could have just, like, not put those two scenes right next to each other. You know? It was so but obviously like the, a mask. But, like, the the shooting and stuff that takes place, and you, you've got these supposed, what, laser beams being shot back and forth yeah. at times. And it's, like, Atari. Like it looks like it looks like Cameron brought his kids Atari game and and basically uh, tried to put that in the film. But yes, I think this film for what they were trying to do is fantastic. Yeah, that's my takeaway. What was your main takeaway, Declan? Uh, I love the suspense, the the entire suspense of the film of him of Terminator literally trying to hunt down, killing all these Sarah Connors. Her realizing like, oh crap. I'm look at the phone book here. I'm the next in line. My address is the next in line, and I know that my roommate and her dumb boyfriend are definitely going to be killed right now. Um, And then her just going on the chase with Kyle. It's been like probably three or four years since I've seen this. I've seen it a couple times, but it's been a few years since I've seen it the last time. It's an excellent film. It really is. Even for cheesy 80s special effects and moments with the music and the hair. Oh my God. It's like such peak 80s hair, the entire movie. Yeah. Um, Linda Hamilton was just all, 
when you saw Linda Hamilton's hair and then she walks into that L.A. nightclub yeah. and she's hiding from the Terminator, that is like peak mid-80s. The music, peak the 80s. neon, everything about it. Totally. So I, I think it's a really, really fun film and I'm glad we did it. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, too. Like 100%. That's crazy. A perfect film. Yeah. I'm excited for our rankings, but yes, it, it is a very, very good movie. I think my main takeaway is, so just full disclosure, I have actually never seen this all the way through. Oh, wow. I've seen the whole Whoa. thing in parts, but I've never like sat down and watched it from front to back. And so uh, I even had like a Game Boy back in the day, the, those little handheld Game Boy oh, video yeah. game consoles. I had a Terminator game for Game Boy. So I've like, I've, <laughs> I've known the story, but I've never sat down front to back and watched it. So this is fun. And I think the the first time I ever like was brought into the Terminator consciousness, which would have been as a kid in the early '90s after Judgment Day came out, and now watching it in 2021 as an adult, I think the reality of the world in 2029 is much more plausible now than if you would have asked me as a kid in the early '90s. Like, I think we're much closer to like a nuclear holocaust happening and the world being taken over by robots or aliens. Then in the early 90s, if you would have asked me the same question when like kindergarten cop was making everyone feel good. Uh, so there's there's a lot of like time travel discussion that we can have in this. Then my other main takeaway is just how great this is as an action movie. I mean, uh, and, we'll, and we'll get to the definitive bad guy rankings, but like the Terminator as an iconic villain holds mm. up over time. I don't know if he's going to take the number one spot over Hans Gruber, but. Just an absolute iconic character that holds up and and spawned multiple sequels. There was one sequel that Christian Bale, I think, starred yeah. in, and Salvation. Arnold did not. Okay. Yep, Salvation. Oh, then, really? That's yeah. the only one he did oh, not. that's disappointing. Did that not make happen. it. I, honestly, and we can maybe go down, go down this wormhole, but like one and two are iconic, amazing films. Everything else has been basically a dud. Okay. And, and even, even with uh, the most recent one they rebooted, which is supposed to be its sequel, and that is a James Cameron film, the one they made last summer, Salvation, I believe it's called. Or no, Dark Fate, Terminator Dark Fate. Um, and with Linda Hamilton coming back, even that stunk. Like, that wasn't very good. The first two are iconic, amazing films. The Rise of the Machines is okay. It's a little it's a little catchy. Like, Arnold's in that one. That's the third one yeah. after after the second Terminator. But the spinoffs of Salvation with Christian Bale, there's another one with Amelia Clark, and then the most recent one, Dark Fate, which is supposed to be a real reboot for the second one, is also a dud. So like See, the first two are great and the other ones stick. How many how many franchises like this? Bourne did it too, by the way. Bourne deviated from Matt Damon and went to Jeremy Renner for one of them. That's right. And and you see this sometimes in franchises. I, I feel like the rule of thumb should be if you've got a mega iconic star, if you've got Arnold, if you've got Sylvester like Sylvester Stallone as Rocky, if you're gonna spin off a series, spin it off to a new name like Creed. Yeah. You know, like if I'm watching Perfect. the the Born Identity or the Born Supremacy or the Born, and 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 Matt Damon is not in the movie playing Jason Bourne, doesn't make sense to me. Now you could say, well, wait a second, James Bond has been around for like fifty plus years, and they've had several different James Bonds, and we will have another James Bond in like four years. But those aren't meant to be uh, chronological. Like James Bond is sort of timeless. So I don't. How do you guys feel about trying to keep a series alive, an iconic series alive, with out the main iconic central figure like Arnold Schwarzenegger not being in a Terminator movie. It to me it depends on how influential the person was as the character. So so like if you've got a franchise where where it's a character's name and I like the actor but he's not ab- or or she is not absolutely identified, I think it's fine. Uh so in T2 was he still a bad guy or what did didn't he, he shift to being a good guy at some point in yes. time too? So he's reprogrammed. Not, not no spoiler here, but like he's reprogrammed yet to, okay, to, go ahead. to defend Linda Hamilton and John Connor. Oh, he's reprogrammed. Okay, and, that makes and sense. And then Thank the machine you. send a no, the, the 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 machine group sends their own version of an updated Terminator, who I believe is not a T eight hundred because because Arnold is a T eight hundred Terminator. And I believe this is a T one thousand. Look at this. I think Arnold's T eight thousand, isn't he? You yes, T eight thousand written in here. Yeah. Okay, just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, all right, your favorite part about the Terminator movie, Judd? So I'm going to to go in this case with a particular scene because I mm. think that speaking of the word iconic, I think that this scene is iconic. It's fantastic, and you played the start, but it's it's where he goes to the police station 
and all hell breaks loose. It's just a great scene. Like the efficiency of the kills, the damage co- coming in, saying, I'll be back, and coming in with the car as, as the, the guy at the front desk who ignored him basically gets plowed down. Like, I just, I have always thought that that scene is just a great scene as far as action film. A bad guy takes police station by storm. And once again, the sad thing is, in 2021, far more plausible now than (laughs) that was back then, which is not a good thing. Uh, But that scene to me, that this film has a lot of good scenes. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the action and I love the tempo and the pace and the destruction, especially of that scene. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. You want to wait? There's a bench over there. I'll be back. It is is iconic. Like that pacing is just so good. (laughs) Uh, We have we have a production note about that line that we'll get to too. Nice, Declan. Your favorite part about the Terminator? Just this is going to sound kind of lame, but just how hard this dude is to kill. Like it reminds you of 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 Michael Myers in Halloween, where he's getting shot at and he gets blown up in a truck. And I I think the the first time I remember seeing this movie was like, oh, okay, so that's how it ends. He gets just absolutely obliterated in a truck like a gasoline tanker nope comes out the flesh is gone but he's still alive and his really hilarious 1984 special effects and even <laughs> and then even in the chase in the factory there's like three other mo- i mean for god's sakes recycle sacrifices himself sticking a nade inside the terminator and he still doesn't die um and then the iconic line of your terminated b from from, <laughs> from uh, linda hamilton is like also like this is probably the second most iconic line after i'll be back just how hard the dude is to kill. And Arnold's also just very limited. Di- like James Cameron saw this and said, okay, I can mold you into a star, but it's going to take like, you're only going to have like 75 lines to this next hour and 10 minute film. And we're just going to show you as a big muscular indestructible killing machine. And it literally propelled him into stardom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so my, my favorite part <clears throat> was, was just the storyline, like how they drew up the storyline to where he has to figure out which Sarah Connor, uh, is it Connor or Connors? Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Singular. No. Which Connor. Sarah Connor it is. I just, so like, Sarah it's going to sound stupid, but like the nuance of, okay, this is a movie, so we can definitely like, we can definitely like avoid reality, but he is a robot. And so he's not just going to like know which Sarah it is. But we've programmed him to know what a phone book is in 1984, even though he's from, like, 2029. And that was another fascinating thing, that people and robots from, what, 46 years later know what a phone booth and a phone book are, which we can get into that, too. But I loved the anticipation part of the storyline and the methodical, like, slang of different Sarah Connors until he gets to the right one and just, like, she starts to pick up on it and she's she's at the bar watching the news report and it's like... It's just the building of tension, which was great in this movie. And then my, so another, I have have two answers for this one. My other favorite thing was just, I love the concept of time travel. I'm Mm. fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm curious (laughs) about it. And I think our culture was clearly obsessed with it too, because you had Terminator time travel movies. You had Back to the Future time travel movies coming out. Like all, like some of the biggest movies during this period were time travel movies. And Mm. I guess my biggest question is like, why do you have to be naked when you're traveling through time? Which yeah, you was, got, to, got to see Arnold Johnson there at the opening yeah, scene. That was great. That's fun. Oh, you did see it? Well, oh, I yeah. think it was a body oh, double, but it yeah. might have been a body oh, double. But it, there was a I man the that was nude. Yeah, you yeah, saw the front too. You saw it. <laughs> oh, I did. Okay, I missed that entirely. I'm, did you watch I'm a sorry, censored version it. of the movie? No, no, I bought it. No. Xfinity, I bought it. It was free no, on YouTube. Free on full, YouTube. Full frontal, free on YouTube, baby. Well, perhaps I did didn't see it on yeah perhaps they, they did take that part out. <laughs> but are, like does time travel fascinate you guys like do you ever watch these movies and like try to think about oh like are are things happening right now in 2029 and like we're living our life here like do you guys think about this or am i just crazy i don't think about it much because like i don't understand the concept of of so i get done with today but yet there's a me that lives today continually over and over. Cause like the whole premise would have, have to be that, that the past does not get changed. Right. 
So like you, you would be for each day of your life, you would continue to have some type of, of double of yourself that live that day. So like, it strikes me as being like, I wish it were true because I'd love to go back to the fifties and stuff. Um, but I don't think that it's possible because then who's the me who's going to live Friday again when tomorrow's Saturday. That's what, that's where my mind just explodes. Like, right. Exactly. So if you go back in time, let's say you, you, we, Declan goes back in time and kills Judd for like 20 years ago. Thought about it. Yep. Alter, Does Judd, alter history. then Judd's gone. Am I like, am I just like surprised when I show up the next day and Judd's gone right. in today's that's, time? That's, that's why it doesn't track. Or do I never even have awareness that Judd existed? The butterfly effect, right? Isn't that what that is? That's what doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, but then if you okay, so if Declan went back to 1990 and, for instance, killed me, um, and you showed up for work and I wasn't there, you, there's no way that you wouldn't know that I didn't exist unless unless there's another parallel universe that Phil Mackey lives in day to day. That's not you; it's another Phil Mackey. That's my point. Yeah, I. This but is I, where, this but, is where but, I just start but, drinking. To it. be clear, <laughs> to be clear, I would love to go back in time. Like okay. I would love to go see Ebbets Field. I would love to mm. go see the fifties. I would love to see the sixties. See, that was going to be my for- next question. Like, if you could go back in time at, at, at any like brief era, and you, you can't say like the eighteen hundreds, like oh, like no, p- pick a, like, I'm not going back. Well, no, you could. I'm <laughs> saying you could say the eighteen hundred, but pick but a I don't year, pick, to, pick a year. What era would you go back to? And by the way, when you go back, you would have full knowledge of all the things. Like you would know that iPhones exist, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't like. You would be smarter than everybody else, is what I'm saying, because you'd have all the wow. knowledge. Oh, you, this is deep. Now like you couldn't. This. You couldn't be like Biff Tannen and, and and bring your sports book back to the future or to the past. But what era would yeah. you guys go go back to? Jax, I, I go to the 50s. I want to see what the 1950s would be like. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> I I feel like I'd, right, I'd Fonzie. I'd fit in with the slick back hair and the great car. <laughs> I'd fit. I would fit in in the 50s, dude. You would. It'd be great. It would be great. All the smokes up in the sleeve. Absolutely, I'd be smoking every day. Your hair, be, hey, you got great yeah. hair for the seriously. The, bla- the, the comb, all the black hey. sunglasses, the comb. <laughs> got a great little cruiser with my gal. Actually, yeah, this is excellent. Actually, I'm a little suspicious. Declan does look like he was sent to us from the 50s. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm a Terminator. <laughs> Term, the Terminator. Yeah, you, look, you, know, you look more like the Shermanator than yeah, the yeah, Terminator. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's really nice. The Shermanator. I. God. I I'd be, be tempted to go back to the 50s, but I think I would take the 60s. Like, if I just had a brief time period that you allowed me to go back to, I think I'd go to the 60s because it was such a cultural change then and, yeah. like, so much changed quickly. And and there were so many important defining moments that occurred. I would probably, if I could, like, go back to a, a four-year period, I would probably take the 60s. But but I am with Dex. I'd be tempted because – the fifties would be really cool and would probably be fun. There's three areas that I have on, on my list. One Don't of them, tell me you're going back to like the civil war or something. Well, let me just make a case for a second. God, like, let, me, let me just make a case. Ugh. It's not number one on my <laughs> list, but, but you ever notice when you watch like old Western movies or, or like civil war movies, whenever someone walks into a bar, <laughs> the bartender just slides them a shot glass and a full bottle of whiskey. You ever notice that? Like, when you go to a bar now and you order, like I'll just take a little, uh, little makers on the rocks or something, yeah, right? Yeah. And they they pour it out, you know, two thumbs or two fingers or whatever, and like they charge you twenty bucks, right? Back in the eighteen hundreds, they just gave you the bottle. Yeah. I don't know, like how do they even tabulate that? I just I just I just find <laughs> well, wait, it interesting. Hold on, wait, 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 you're the going to the eighteen hundreds to run up a bar tab? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Declan and I are going to see cultural, the Cold War and and, and the McCarthy trial hearings in the 60s and the Beatles and the counterculture. And Phil's like, you know what I want to (laughs) do? Just give me the whole bottle. Bartender, give me a What's the fiscal responsibility of this uh, this bar barkeep here? I want to know. That's the thing. I don't think they're I, I don't think they're thinking, boy, I could probably get like uh, you know, two hundred bucks out of this bottle if I pour it right. But the <laughs> other thing I want to see in the eighteen hundreds is did people really settle their disputes? At high noon, walk 10 paces. All right, Judd and I get into an argument about the Vikings quarterback situation, and we've just reached a point where only one guy can stay. The other's got to go. And we're going to settle this in the street like men. Instead of Ventline, it's, it's, it's Pee Wee and Ricky for a, for a standoff. All right, welcome to Ventline, everyone. 
Yeah, Pee Wee thinks Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the future. Oh man, um, down to one host. The the other two eras. So I'm a I you know at a different time in my life I was a jazz musician and a jazz trumpet player uh, and and I haven't played in like ten years but but I love jazz music and so I would probably go back to the Roaring Twenties just to yeah. be at like the height of be fun jazz culture and um, just like America. You know, getting into sort of a well, getting into a depression at one point in the late twenties, thirties, but like cars, automobiles, industrial age, right, and jazz music, just to see. Hey, no, same. We're gonna throw the ball around the infield, boys. Yeah, it's coming up next. The New York Yankees. Like, I just, I would like to go back to when America was really finding its modern footing. But the era I would choose number one is probably the eighties. I just like, I love eighties music. I love. Oh, no. I lived it. Don't do it. I didn't though, and Declan didn't. Take, I didn't. And I have no interest. I honestly, I have no other outside of the hair of the women. I have no interest. You're, oh, just no, out, you're, you're out in the eighties. The women are the only thing I'm interested in. What <laughs> makes the eighties so bad for you, Judd? It, it's not bad. It was just. Um, I mean, it's just. It was okay, but it was bad clothes. Music was depended on on your taste but i mean there was a lot of bad music in my opinion um there was a lot of just really really i mean it to to use one word it seemed plastic like it seemed like the hair was plastic the people were sort of like the drug of choice was cocaine that's sort of boring like i want pot i want hallucinogenics oh, wow. like i want the 60s i want, fu- <laughs> well, I want you're ripping me for wanting a bottle of whiskey and you want to go back to the 60s so you can do hallucinogenics no i want to be around people who do you want to hang out with me on the weekend we can, like, we can make this happen <laughs> timothy leary i want to be around pe- people um 80s are fine but i just think that they were they were just plastic they were yeah. just sort of and i mean That's plus fair. come on if you lived here back then you had the Metrodome, okay? Well, I wouldn't. Met- I'm not saying I. I I'd probably go to L.A. or New York. You know, well, go back. Then you die of a coke overdose at some point. Die. <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, all right, your least favorite part about the Terminator, Judd? Um, it's probably this. It's small too, so because I, I don't have a ton of complaints. Because again, the special effects were the best that they could do at the time. My least favorite part is probably. Uh, the two times during the course of this film that Sarah Connor, who's being chased and whose life is in peril, like she is in and she finds I mean, she knows she's smart. So she deducts pretty early. Oh, my God, I'm in trouble. There are two separate times where she divulges every detail of where yes. she is at. Unnecessary, like her up. roommate and her her sleaze boyfriend are being killed, which, by the way. I enjoyed because they deserved it. <laughs> well, that I mean, guy, that guy was rocking some some underwear there too. Did you guys see like yeah, the, like the tight yeah. purple underwear that yeah. guy had? Yeah, yeah, and I didn't like him. And and her friend had her had her Walkman earphones on the entire time. Yeah, but anyway, she too. she calls Those sandwiches bar, look right? pretty good though. I will say. Yeah, but she calls from the bar, and she like and on the answering machine. Tells her everything right. about where she is. It's like, come get me, come get me. I'm sitting at the third table on the left. I'm wearing a blood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you doing? And and then and then when her mom calls, yes. she's been and it's not her, her mom. It's Arnold, of course, because mom's dead. And I love how mom died. We never even saw mom. Um, but mom's dead, and so Arnold calls, and she's been told explicitly, do not tell people where you're staying. Do not say anything. And she's like, okay, I'm at, you know, I'm in room three. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. classic That's mistake. That's my least favorite part. So, Dex, you guys are in lockstep I, I'm on in lo- Yeah, I literally wrote down how dumb she is to, get to give away that room number. And also, like, yeah, she calls her mom. Her mom is not referenced or seen in any previous part of the film. So it was Oh, no, she is. She is? She, she, yes. Yes, they talk about that she lives like in Big Sur at one point in time. And then and then Arnold finds the address book to find mom to go kill mom. Got so it. she's referenced. But you're right. We never see mom. And like mom is just assumed dead. Right. As, okay. as he impersonates mom and gets every bit of information. And, and then the other like nitpicky part for the Terminator, when they're on that big car chase scene and he's trying to shoot them down. Like if you are a cyborg robot program to kill. I feel like with all those shots you missed in that car chase, and I know you're in a moving car, you probably should have been able to take out Sarah Connor and Kyle pretty easily. I know that would have not made it for a good movie if he just killed them right away. But th- there was there was numerous parts where I was like, well, 
Arnold probably should have hit that car like a bajillion times with that shotgun. That's the movie. It's, it's yeah. like a 14-minute it. movie. It's, it's, it's a half <laughs> They're hour just film. dead credits short roll. Film. Short film. Short film. I'll be back in another movie. They should do that. Like You know how like you, you watch a, a UFC pay-per-view and you don't know? I mean, the main event could end in 30 seconds. They should do that with movies. Yeah. They aren't tell you how long it is. This could be a three-hour movie or it could be five minutes. Whatever. You pay 12 bucks, get some popcorn. Settle in. You'll find out. Um, I think my least favorite part about the movie, and you guys can help me unpack this, is the weird love connection between Reese and Sarah Connor. Interesting. Okay. Let's unpack this yeah, let's and go. let's also weave the time travel aspect in here, okay? Yeah, I have a note on this. So Reese falls in love with Sarah Connor after seeing a photo of her in 2029. Mm-hmm. So, so 2029, he falls in love with a photo of a woman from almost 50 years prior. And the idea of her being the mom of John Connor, right. who is, right, he's here to save the world from this uh, this robot empire. So let me pause there for a second. If you guys, so what are we in 2021? Could you look at a photo from someone from 1970 and fall in love? Yes. Okay. There's yes. Actually, you know what? Linda Ronstadt from 1970, probably on my list. But you, so you guys could? Yeah. Judd? Not, not implausible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a little odd though. It's like, okay, he he saw this photo and he's like, this is the woman that I'm Keep that- in mind too, y'all. He he mentions that there's like no women and there's like there's like such a small amount of population I should say that's still alive. So like so his options are minimum. His options are minimum and he doesn't really know what beauty probably is. Yeah. Well, and 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 I I think the key to that part of the storyline is John Connor is his hero too. Like clearly that this guy leads the way. And so I think that's a key part of why yeah. of why he idolizes the mom so much of this man who is like the only man who knows how to fight the cyborgs. And that's right? where it gets and, and that's where it gets weirder. So now Reese, they get to the CD motel, right? So we're in 1984 CD motel adult films. There's cockroaches. Probably he professes his love to her yep. in this CD motel and she's in like she's yeah. just like. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. It's always like she's ne- like a, a man has never looked at her like that ever. Is like her reaction, and so they hook up in what is I would consider a fairly awkward love scene. Ooh, like I disagree, dude. He's like I don't want to get too graphic here, but like let's just say you know like when you watch someone ride a bike for the first time and it's very obvious that they've right. never ridden a bike before. Well, I mean he has <laughs> and he hasn't ridden a bike before per se. That's probably that, true. Actually, in the situation, no, he admits that he said he's never. Made love before. Okay, I missed that part. But I wrote this down because I've criticized these scenes in our Action We Rewind before with, I believe, with Swayze. I thought this was the most natural-looking love scene we've seen in our movies. (laughs) I wrote that down. What do you mean? I didn't think it was cringy. It didn't look forced. It didn't look awkward. It was too long for me. It wasn't long at all. I didn't need that much. It wasn't that long, was it? It It was like thirty. It couldn't have been that long. He's never done it It before. More than 30 seconds. I felt the insinuation of what was going to, to take place, which didn't take a lot to deduct, was was could could have been like they could have kissed and I'd I'd be out. I, my exact words were: I think this is the most normal and realistic sex scene we've had on action movie. Rewind. They're in a seedy motel, and he's there yeah. to fight a cyborg, and they fall in love randomly. But so then I, I've but, got a question but, about films. Then hold on, hold now. on, hold on, hold on, because there's one more. Put a pin sure. in that for a second. So, <laughs> so just to tie up like this, this the weird love connection. Uh huh. The next time we see her, like, well, after all, you know, the 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 chase scene, they kill the robot. She's pregnant. Yep. Presumably with his baby. Yes. So he yes. is now the father of the man that he idolizes. Correct. Right. It's it. Uh, it's weird. Hmm. It's weird. I I just find it to be odd. So he so he, so John Connor is a friend of his in 2029. I mean. I don't want to put too much graphic stuff in your minds here, but like, just imagine this with like one of a, you know what? All right, Declan, <laughs> I'm going to go back in, in time. time. <laughs> it's, weird. it's weird. It's weird is all I'm saying. I'm your dad now. Who is your daddy? What does daddy? he do? I am your daddy now. <laughs> I think you, you have, Phil, thoroughly overthought that entire part. Have, have I? I? I don't, think he's, I don't think he's overthinking. It's a huge part of the movie series. In that regard, I don't think he's I'm okay overthinking with it. it. I'm okay with that, but here's my question about sex scenes. 
And am I right or wrong in saying it feels like in the eighties we got more we got more um pardon the pun bang for your buck than we do now. <laughs> oh, that's but, awesome. Great way to put like, it. Like I feel I feel like oh, now man. if they did that film, we we would get them kissing and maybe starting to undress and you would go down that path and be like, okay, I, I know how this is going to end. And she's pregnant. Uh, I feel like with the Swayze scene that Dex t- talks about with this scene, that they actually had more investment in trying to have the love scene to prove to you why it happened. I think so. Here's my amateur take on this. I mm-hmm. think for the first like 50 to 60 years of movies, right? So like the early 1900s silent movies all the way through like gone with the wind era, and then into the uh, like 40s, 50s, 60s, the black and white era, they weren't culturally. It wasn't acceptable even on TV to show like Lucille Ball and and Desi as a Desi Arnaz like sleeping in the same bed together. So there was like just in culture, you weren't able to show certain things up until like you know 60s, 70s, and then into the 80s. And the 80s, the 70s, and the 80s are almost like oh we culturally we can start to show some of this stuff. So we're going to like, they, I think they overused the tool pun intended. <laughs> they overused it in these movies because they could for the first time. Like it was, it All was right. kind of a hook, right? Oh, there's going to be naked people in movies for the first time. It's great. So, Oh, uh, All right, that, that doesn't make sense. What was your least believable thing in this movie? Hmm. Least believable. Um, well, I mean, they're, there were there were lots of things that weren't believable, but I bought in because I absolutely love the film. But it was probably this for me. It, it was pr- probably the scene, um, the last chase scene before he blows up the tanker, um, and and he gets so the good guy gets shot as he's leaning out the window to sh- to shoot at Arnold, and it looked like he got shot pretty good. And like, there's a scene there where you think he's in big trouble as far as dying and stuff. And then they like crash and she pulls him out of the truck and he starts to run again. Yeah. And then he, and then he's fine again. And it's like, hold on a second. If he got shot and he could barely move, but now he's just fine. So I don't understand why they, I don't, I get why they shot him. I don't understand why they insinuated it was so bad when he, he was going to have to have more dialogue and more scene before he ultimately did die. I think, um, I don't know if I would say, there's a lot of things. It's a sci-fi movie about cyborg sent from 2029 into time travel. So, like, the whole thing is not believable. But I would say Los Angeles in 2029. Um, I think in 1984, you could sort of make these fantastic uh, you know, statements about what you think 50 years from now things are going to look like. Things are really bad in our world right now. I don't think the world is going to be overtaken by robots in 2029. Like robots will be very prevalent and they will probably be taking us from point A to point B and delivering packages more regularly via drones and stuff. There's eight years left, Bill. But I don't think robots are going to murder all of humankind through a nuclear holocaust. Well, if, a, if there's a nuclear holocaust, it'll be human inflicted. Yes, I would say it's much more likely we all kill ourselves before, he, for, yes. before robots or cyborgs kill us. Yes, I would. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, what was your least believable thing, Dex? Uh, well, I have a, I have a, like a question too. When when they when the police scene happens and they get like arrested, you know, like or Sarah Connor and him get detained, and Terminator is nowhere to be found. Where where did he go? Like he crashed the car. Did he just like liquefy and disappear? Like I don't know where he went. Yeah, you just snuck oh. out. You just snuck out the. So when they, out the passenger side. when they when they're in the car chase scene, and then eventually. Arnold, you know, hits the wall super hard, and then Sarah Connor and and Kyle get detained by oh, the police. Yeah. Where just, did where did Arnold go? Side door, man. And he like just, he's, I, he's a pretty noticeable, gigantic he, killing he's machine. He's very sneaky. Yeah, but he's a cyborg, dude. He can go anywhere he wants. He probably climbed a wall. He's very sneaky. But like the cops are there within like seconds after it happened. The cops are awful. In dude, this he's film. quick. Yeah, I, I thought that good. part was just kind of quick. Like the, I believe everything else. In this movie, though, I believe everything is believable. <laughs> you know, this isn't necessarily like in the least believable category. But I just want to bring it up before we get to some production notes here. If you're Sarah Connor, put yourself in the shoes of Sarah Connor here that night. All right, no problem. This would be a lot to process in one night. Oh, yeah. So other, she, she other, struggled. I mean, other Sarah Connors are being murdered. 
there are two strange men chasing you. One that's eventually revealed to be helping you and then becomes your husband, boyfriend, baby daddy. Baby daddy. Uh, both are from the future, and one is a robot sent to hunt you. And, like, this is all coming at her, like, in one night. You know, she's finding all this stuff out, like, in one night. I just want to say I, I empathize with what Sarah Connor is going through there. I feel like I feel like that's a lot to process. She struggles, night. too. She struggles. Uh, can, can we, before we get to production notes, can we please talk about phone books? Sure. Okay. Super invasive. Right. It's just I like, live... here's a book with everyone's address and number that's and what middle I was initial. bring up. Okay, the whole storyline is correct. Phone books used to hang in public phone booths so that you you could look up people's numbers. Uh, But I want to get to, so that 1984 is now what, 30 some odd years ago? I want to get to the conversation now, 30 some odd years after the fact, that I now realize how weird it was to provide anybody and everybody with an address of basically everyone in that town. Like, think about that. And I accepted it and it happened. It's very true. But like, think about now, like if your cell phone and address were just listed, we're just listed for anybody to find. And and I think that you could call and be taken off that list. But if you did not, if you did not make that call, you were going to be accessible address wise to everybody. Yeah, it is super weird. Like, it, is that not it, odd? I mean, in a time where I think most people don't even answer unknown numbers right. and it, most people try to insulate themselves. Now, of course, we talk about, boy, what a lack of privacy. And then we're on all these social media sites where exactly. they're just like giving our data and information away. <laughs> so it is kind of it is kind of hypocritical, I guess. But it is weird that you could just like open a book. I wonder what Declan's address is. Right. And there's like five Declan Goffs in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably pro, not. Pro, but... well, there might be. In LA, there might be. It's pretty big. Yeah, I bet there's a bunch of Goffs. Yeah. Um, it's a Jared Goff. Yeah. Yes. Last weird thing from me, and th- this is a theme in a bunch of the films I think that we've done now. And I don't know if it's true or not, but it's just weird. In the 80s, could basically anybody, including the media, walk into like a police station and wander around according to the movies yes like, and, and they can the, walk in in die hard in die hard 2 from from the airport they can just like walk into any part of the airport and walk into the to the <laughs> towers and stuff exactly but is that not like phil Mackey like, from it, action news here live from the flight tower the, the media is outside the door <laughs> like they're just like right there i gotta give a statement and, and he like opens the, the door and he starts to give a statement two it's women like, by the name of sarah connors are being killed what's your statement and there's like five camera guys <laughs> no comment i have a donut anyway. to eat uh <laughs> production notes from this movie there's a lot of interesting stuff so in rome italy during the release of piranha 2 the spawning Director James Cameron fell ill and had a dream about a metallic torso holding kitchen knives, dragging itself from an explosion. That's how the end scene came about, that he had this dream about a metallic torso robot, a killing machine. So inspired by director John Carpenter, who had made the slasher film Halloween on a low budget, Cameron used the dream as a launching pad to write a slasher style film that morphed into what you saw with Terminator. So. The uh the, the Halloween tie in there with just this Michael Myers like cyborg continuing to come at you is very much the inspiration for the role of Kyle Reese. Orion, which is the production company, wanted a star whose popularity was rising in the United States, but who also might have some foreign appeal. Orion co-founder uh, Mike Metavoy had met Arnold Schwarzenegger and sent his agent the script for The Terminator. Cameron was uncertain about casting Schwarzenegger as the good guy, Reese, as he felt he would need someone even more famous to play the Terminator. Sylvester Stallone and Mel Gibson both turned down the Terminator role. The studio suggested O.J. Simpson, but Cameron did not feel that Simpson would be believable as a killer. (laughs) Cameron was wrong. (laughs) Well, fast forward 10 years later. Uh, Schwarzenegger speaks only 17 lines in the film and has fewer than 100 words of dialogue. Awesome. 17 lines and fewer than 100 words. This is another interesting point. Uh, Schwarzenegger tried to have the iconic line, I'll be back, changed as he had difficulty pronouncing the word I'll. 
He also felt that his robotic character would not speak in contractions and that the Terminator would be more declarative. He wanted the line to be, I will be back instead of I'll I'll be be back. back. But James Cameron refused to change the line to I will be back. So Schwarzenegger worked to say the line as written the best he could. I'll be back. Very interesting. Definitive bad guy rankings here, boys. Definitive bad guy rankings. So... Yeah, give us the top five because he's got to be in that top five. I agree. And I think he's got to be top three. I, he He's in the running here. So um, so Hans Gruber from Die Hard is number one. Michael Myers from Halloween is number two. Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. And Cobra Kai from Karate Kid round out the top five. I could make a case. So let's go through this real quick here. Cobra Kai is iconic, but the Terminator, I think, like both those movies came out the same year. Yep. Terminator, I think, more iconic as an in, like just as a straight up villain, right? Than uh, uh, Terminator over Cobra Kai. Yes. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. I think we probably rank him higher just because he's a great. He's not as iconic. He might be even a little high on this list, but Terminator's got to be above him. Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, very clever. Very well played, not nearly as iconic as the Terminator, and so I think it's. I think the running now is: is he one, two, or three? As you look at Hans Gruber from Die Hard or Michael Myers from Halloween, mm. I feel like I put him above Michael Myers because Michael Myers is is also more of a slasher film. Not to, not they're very similar; they're almost the exact same person. I I won't put him like if, if he if we give him a ten ranking. I would still put the number one as Hans Gruber because I think Hans Gruber was like this I, real, truly iconic bad guy and was what he had great dialogue. He was he was a very good villain. I give him a 10 like I give I give Arnold a 10. He, he, he's 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 right up there with Hans Gruber. I think he's second for me. And I think we're looking at it like in terms of categories here to, to rate on just as you consider this. How iconic are they? Mm hmm. How charismatic and memorable are they? How ruthless are they? Right? Because ultimately, like, these are bad guys, man. You can't be chickening out like the guy on the rock. Right. You got to kill some people. That sucked. Iconic and ruthless. He is off the charts. I would even argue, like, just considering this is a robot role where you don't really have lines. He was as charismatic in that role as you possibly could be. I would I put like, him number one. I think he's the, okay. I think he's number one. Awesome, dude. I like... I probably like Die Hard more, and I probably like Hans Grubauer a little bit more. But I think with what we're talking about here, this is a Hall of Fame slam dunk first ballot performance okay. for a guy with 17 lines. Like, Dude, think about that. That's efficiency, man. That's Carl right. Anthony Towns right there, man. <laughs> that's efficient scoring. To me, to me, it to me the the entire um, fact that this was borrowed from. Halloween in a lot of ways like what they did with Arnold took the Michael Myers character and like increased it and upped it uh I'm with Phil I think he's one it, it doesn't mean that he is clearly my favorite yeah but I think I think he's one I there's think a new title wins. new champion in town here. there's a new champion in town yeah I mean just I- iconic ruthless charismatic I mean and Hans Gruber is right there too but I think we have a changing in the guard here. So Judd and I vote number one. Declan votes number two. And so uh, he's one. He's number one. Two out of three. All right. Our one through ten rating system here. The top action movies we have reviewed to this point are Die Hard and Halloween. Those are both perfect tens. Taken, John Wick, Commando, Beverly Hills Cop, The Fast and the Furious, The Expendables, Top Gun, and Roadhouse all round out the top ten. The worst movies we have reviewed, Kindergarten Cop, Shoot 'em Up, Bloodsport, Mad Max 2, Wanted, Rambo 3, and Tango and Cash. Judd Zolga, what is your score 1 through 10 here? I've wavered between two scores, both incredibly high. Mm-hmm. But but Same. given how I've graded previously on the curve which I see these films uh, for the time period, I'm going to go with the higher of my two grades. I'm going to give it a 10. Mm-hmm. I think it deserves a 10. Mm-hmm. I, I was... I was going towards a nine, but if, but for the most part, everything I hold against this film is most of it's not their fault. So I'm going to say for what they did in the era, and actually the fact that this thing for for aside from special effects, guys, 
it holds up. Like, this holds up super well. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah. Dex? I give it a 10. It's perfect. I, I, I was almost in lockstep with Judd with it's either a 9 or a 10, and I, I have no real reason to not give it a, a perfect 10 score. Um, Like, even with the lack of Arnold dialogue, that's a good thing. Uh, the cheesy 80-ness, that's a good thing. Even with uh, Lyndall Hamilton making some questionable decisions, I also think that plays into the part of the action film. It's a 10. I agree. It's a 10. This is this is one of the best action movies we've reviewed in, in of all time. It's our third 10. Die Hard, Halloween, and Terminator are the three 10s, even though Halloween's not really an action movie. You've, but. Got one, you've got one that you can watch. Which one do you guys watch? Die Hard. I watch Die Hard. Die I, Hard. I love Die, Die Hard so much. Yeah, I think it's Die Hard, too. I, I agree, too. But, I, but it's, they're all 10s. Yeah. All of them are 10s. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, we all throw a movie out, and we have a movie thrown out from the listener pool, and then we vote on my Twitter account, at Phil Mackey, each week. The, uh, so for next week's action movie, Delta Force is the listener choice. But a couple people uh, put Delta Force out into the recommendations. That's a Chuck Norris classic from the 80s. Okay. We've already done one Chuck Norris movie. This will be our second one. What else you guys got for recommendations here? I'll start. So we, we, we haven't done this before, but I feel like we should do it after watching this. I want to do Terminator 2. Wow. I want to do Terminator 2. Let's go back to back. We never, we haven't do, we've done sequels, I believe, but we've never done them consecutively. I think it'd be fun to do Terminator 2. We, right. don't have, we don't have to do any other one after that. <laughs> no, we're not just going to do like yeah. five Terminator <laughs> movies. Exactly. But, but these are the, if you're going to watch two of them, it is just these two. All right, Jud, Judd Zolgad. So Judgment Day. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I'm going back to one that won't win, but I don't care. My guy, Seagal, has been ignored for far too long oh, by all of you people above the law. Steven Skull is above the law. We might have What we might have to do is like once a month, because some of these are, are great for us to do, but they might not get the vote. Yeah. So we should we should reserve one a month where it's just like, Executive decision, which is another one we could probably do. That's I think that's actually uh, it's just it's like a Judge Zolgad executive decision on like no, hey Sports Dad says we're we're, we're going to do this one. We could just make a bin and once a month like we we do one. All right, I I got one that's going to rival. I think Terminator Two among these three is for sure going to win until it goes up against. We haven't done a James. I have not picked a James Bond. I am the James Bond guy. I have not picked a James Bond movie in almost a year doing this segment. We're going to go back. To a Sean Connery classic, and also one of the corniest ones, Goldfinger. Goldfinger, okay. a classic Bond movie. I like it. Uh, I think from the '60s, Judd. This is actually we did a Bond film, though. We, we did, did Casino Royale, but that was. I think yeah. that was my pick when we were. That was, okay. that was a Declan pick, yeah. and I think there's going to be right. potentially more to make fun of with a '60s Bond movie yeah. than a more modern Bond movie. God, so Goldfinger, Delta okay. Force, Terminator 2, Goldfinger, and Above the Law. Should I tell you about your father? Boy, that's a tough one. Will it affect your decision to send him here, knowing that he is your father? If you don't send Kyle, you can never be. God, a person could go crazy thinking about this. I suppose I will tell you. I owe him that. What did he just say? He said there's a storm coming in. I know. 